Robert Silver. Welcome back to another one of our Health Voyagers podcast series. Sitting with me today, as usual, co-host Dr. Brian Rostein, Chief Mental Officer for UH Ventures, Pediatric Neurosurgeon here at UH's Rainbow Babies and Children's Hospital. No stranger to our podcast, Brandon. Unlike you, but we're going to change that. Excited. <laughs> UH has a rich legacy of innovation and discovery. We pioneered some of healthcare's most impactful advances. We perfected the use of nitrous oxide oxygen anesthesia in the early 1900s. We developed revolutionary nutritional formulas for infant care. Uh, we found surgical solutions for coronary artery disease. They've become the forerunner to one-day bypass surgery. These innovations all start then with a uh, possibly with a simple idea. an identification of an unmet need. They may mature to prototypes, to proof of concepts, to pilots. Some of them become products, some of them become uh, clinical trials, and many of them are used in the delivery of care to this day. Many of them we've never heard of, they fail, they die in the vine. We are opening our spring cycle so-called call for ideas on, I think it's March 1st, Brian? I think so, yeah. March 1st for all of UH's caregivers. This is the new semi-annual tradition. We bring critical mass to soliciting, to reviewing, to adjudicating, and more importantly, to backing ideas that we source from within our system. We bring coaching resources, uh, commercialization chops, funding, with a number of funding mechanisms like our Foyer Innovation Accelerator, our MedTech Flyers program, our technology validation and startup funding, as well as the perennial Jack Belcher Pediatrics and Women's Health Innovation Day program. So, Brandon, to get our colleagues and our employees ready for the cycle, you, the VP of Strategy and Innovation at Magnet, and I'll ask you to quickly describe what that is in a second, we've asked you to help educate us on what to do when you think you might have an idea worth sharing. Welcome, Brandon. Fabulous to be here. Tell us quickly, what is Magnet? What is your role? Sure. Uh, as you said, I'm the Vice President of Strategy and Innovation at Magnet. We're an economic development organization here in Cleveland. Uh, we are the region's, Northeast Ohio's, manufacturing extension partner. That means we help manufacturers, small, medium, sometimes large manufacturers, thrive and grow. We provide strategy support for them, engineering support, technical support, sales and marketing if you need it. We also focus on startups. We help folks turn ideas into business, specifically physical product ideas. Well, then I think we've come to the right place. Brian? I was going to say, you know, sometimes for our viewers, kind of understanding the landscape, when you talk about manufacturing, you think about healthcare, it's like, where is that intersection? Um, Any quick examples of some companies that you guys have worked with that you could just give to us really quickly just to kind of paint that perspective? Because oftentimes it's challenging to kind of think about that juxtaposition of concept. Yeah, and I'm not sure what I can talk about specifically what, what I'm working on right now with, with, with you guys. Uh, so you, you guys just give us the red eye. You know, I, I, I know you guys. Digital um, fortress. Yeah, yeah, Digital absolutely. Fortress. Uh, but I can say that you're absolutely right. Manufacturing and, and healthcare, how do they overlap? Well, look around you in, in a hospital and you'll see countless examples of product that had to be manufactured, had to be designed and built, assembled, shipped. Uh, so the, the examples in a hospital are, are, are innumerable. 
Um, examples that, that we've worked on together, I mean, we're working on a, a decontamination device right now uh, that, that we are really excited about helping you, uh, you design a prototype. Um, and on and on, there, there are any number of examples. I appreciate that. I think it's just helpful for the listeners to kind of get that perspective. I'm going, sure. off, going off script a little bit here, but I think get back to David. No, all, all good. Um, you know, we pride ourselves on believing that we can help our, uh, uh, our innovators, whether they be prolific or first time, with going from concept to fruition. But it's a little bit abstract. So someone comes to us, they've come across a problem. They thought, what if, or how might I, or if only, and you've heard that repeatedly, especially in, in, in uh, clinical delivery. Give us some insights, perhaps from the magnet perspective, any examples of uh, ideas, conception stories that you think that would be valuable for the audience to, to hear. Absolutely, and you said earlier, in um, as you were mentioning, some of the things that UH has developed over time, you call them unmet needs. And, and we call them burning problems, right? Because I think, we think, great ideas are powered by great problems. Um, so some examples of, of that, uh, we're working with, a, uh, worked with for a while, an organization that realized that there were tens of thousands of unfilled welding jobs in, uh, in the United States. And they said, well, welding seems to be a pretty, uh, pretty standard thing sometimes. Went, to, went on to realize that actually every welding job tends to be a piece of art into itself. You have to have a lot of skill to do that. So they designed a robot that could teach itself how to weld anew every time it went to weld the scene. Um, and they're doing very, very well right now. So that's, that's just an example of, of a problem with a huge burning sort of underpinning to it uh, and, and a way to see a solution and, and help bring it to life. Have you been to Burning Man? He said Burning Pop. Right. No, I haven't, but I'd love to go one day. I have some costumes, so I'm you know, sure I you maybe they would work appropriately. <laughs> you at Burning Man is a burning problem. <laughs> How's that? That's an understatement. It's an understatement. Kind of along those lines, right, this concept of, you know, tell me what are you thinking about? What are your problems? What are, what are the things that keep you up at night in healthcare? You know, I think about that from a clinical perspective all the time. You know, what are the tools that I could use to better help take care of kids? or help transform the way that we think about digital care delivery, right, and, and those types of things. Some of those ideas become more than just a how might we question. Some of them actually become like a concrete thing. I may be sitting in my basement at home tinkering with something. I may be drawing in my notebook or on my iPad, and it's more than just like, wow, this actually could be something. How do we then think about, I have a real thing here. How do we start talking about it? Who should we talk to? How do we protect that idea? What, what should we worry about in terms of who we're communicating with inside our organization, outside of our organization? When you talk to someone who comes to you the first time with an idea that you even say, Brandon, sitting here, wow, that's a great idea. How do we guide that person and, and make it a successful interaction? You asked a lot of amazing questions there, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the last one and and rip off that in reverse order. Now. Yeah. Um, so first of all, uh, the experience of, of engaging with an entrepreneur or an innovator when they come to you with an idea is is a privilege. I love it every time it's happened. I've done it thousands of times, and rarely do I find myself saying, "Wow, you've got a great idea. Let's go and build ten thousand of them." Right. Most of the time, there are a ton of questions, even with the ideas that are really impressive, that you have to sort through and unpack to help an innovator who's got this tinkering thing in their basement or something that they've been rattling around in their head, obsessing about, and loving, and talking to others about. 
helping them organize that into a concrete, what we call value proposition, is really important. From there, you can start to get to under these, under these things called assumptions and say, well, what do you think is true about what you're trying to build that might not actually be the case? Mm -hmm. um, so starting with that lens of there's really no bulletproof idea in, in and of itself. An idea is actually built on the time and place that it's, it's meant to, to come to life. It's got, you've got to ask questions about scalability and if it's really uh, something that matters to people underneath. There's all sorts of wonderful questions to unpack. That's where I would start, is, is making sure that you've got the, the assumptions on the table. Um, and then from there, you ask some of the questions that, that you're talking about. I think you mentioned earlier, how do you, how do you protect that idea? Where, where do you go? What do you do? Um, well, if you're, if you're here at UH, you get this amazing resource that you guys are a part of, uh, the Ventures team, UH Ventures, uh, make sure to engage them. Um, and I'm sure you, you tell all your, all your, your audience how, how to do that, um, but I think, uh, I, I will just say, and I, I realize I'm just sitting here with you too, but I really love what you guys are doing, and I use you uh, as a world-class example of, of what it's like to create a mechanism to help commercialize ideas within an ecosystem like, like this. And so engaging with you guys is a really important step in that journey. You raise an important point. That disclosure step, Brandon, is critical because then that activates the machinery. That enables us to, through knowledge, put mechanism around protecting that idea. Best intentions can be your worst enemy if you don't understand the IP landscape. Telling your friends, telling potentially vendors, telling potentially your competitors about this great idea because of your uh, excitement or exuberance often renders that opportunity um, impotent from the perspective of, of protectability. So this idea has been uh, documented, it's been disclosed to the organization, and most organizations are just like ours from the perspective of technology transfer per se. How should the individual begin to think about building a framework, building out their idea, some, some type of uh, uh, mapping, if you will, to organize thoughts. Any, any guidance around that? I, as, as you know, am, am a framework guy. I, I love simple sort of methodologies and tools to help someone unpack what may seem simple to explain, but you'd be surprised when you ask somebody, hey, tell me about your idea, and 15 minutes later, they're still going, right? How to organize that? Um, you, you guys know that I, I use a tool called the Value Proposition Matrix, um, and I can I can quickly unpack that, but I won't I won't go you know, too bit heavy into it. I can, you, as you know, I can go on and on about it. But I'll say that um, there's some really quick questions you've got to you've got to identify. You really have to understand who this is for. You have to understand what we call your customer, right? Whose problem is it solving? And that customer, of course, has a problem. So you have to identify that and be pretty clear about it. You have to understand the uniqueness of your solution. You have to say, hey, what's this? How is it unique relative to others? And you said earlier, a, a landscape assessment, right? An IP landscape assessment or a competitive landscape assessment. It's important to understand who else is out there doing this and what they're trying to solve and how, how your idea is unique from theirs. And another question that not enough people ask, and because sometimes it's, I think it's a little scary to ask, is why me? Ask yourself what assets you have, what experiences you have, what, what capital you might have, to bring to this equation, to bring it all to life. Because those four things uh, will start you down the road of developing a value proposition uh, and then get to these assumptions we talked about. Would you say in that light, does the, I'm gonna go back to my marketing and advertising days for a second, your human capital or your human brand becomes extremely valuable in that discussion. Yeah. Um, 
when you meet somebody for the first time who has the charisma, has all of those intangibles, um, but has a really challenging time articulating to the point that you just made, who is this really for? What questions, what specific questions do you, do you dig into with them? How do you help tease that out? Because there are some people, and David, we know them in our organization, they're the prolific inventors, the, the creatives who are constantly knocking at the door of the ventures. We're like, I have an idea, I have an idea. And we know that they're successful because they've actually done this. Um, where I find it challenging in my role as kind of the clinical liaison is, how do I tease it out with them? How do I help them start the process or put them on the journey? So when someone comes to you who has all of those intangibles but hasn't been able to succinctly, to your point, articulate, what are some of the specific questions that you'll ask them? So first of all, if, if that's you out there, you are not alone. I get this all the time. Uh, explaining an idea that you've lived with and brought to, out of the ether is a hard thing. And sometimes it takes others to ask you questions just like that. Uh, sometimes the answer that I get uh, to this question is everybody. So you kind of know the question <laughs> I'm about to ask, which is, who's this really for? And in <laughs> fact, who's your first customer? Because that gets beyond the everybody. Because it, it's for everybody is a very common thing for innovators. They, they tend to, one, think that they represent the majority of the population. Right? Their needs are others' needs. This yeah. is a and natural the, bias. Who can use it? Everyone. Who's going to pay for it? I think it's critical, right? Yes, who's going to pay for it? And in fact, when you say, well, who have you talked to and, and, and about this whole paying for it thing? They've said, oh, yeah, they, they totally pay for it. It was my wife, and she was really <laughs> excited about it. And, and she was ready to go, but I'm sure everybody else is, is, is represented. My best friend, my, you know, th this whole notion of, of seeking validation for these ideas is a really important sort of step in this journey to understand that we need to back away from that and look for disconfirming evidence of some of those assumptions, which, which we, again, we'll talk about. But I will say this, who's your first customer question, it gets right to the heart of it. Because you do not let them get away from, oh, it's for everybody. And if they try, you say, okay, great, who's the first one? Because that first one indicates that burning need again. That one person who's going to say, I'm used to all this stuff. I'm, 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 I'm really comfortable paying for it. I know the price, but I'm going to shift. I'm going to go through the switching cost, we call it, of trying something new and unproven, because mm -hmm. that's what your idea is going to be to begin with, to try this new thing because I am the first one in line because I hate that problem. And, and just to dig a little bit deeper on that one, because I think it's an important aspect of when we're asking our care providers to come with ideas, is the, is the follow-on question then is, have you talked to your first customer? Absolutely. Okay. That you, you got it. Have you talked to them? And in fact, how many of them have you talked to? What have they said? Uh, what are some of the, the things they've told you about the, the problem, not the idea? Because they, they they, sometimes they'll say, yeah, I talked to them. I went and I showed them this thing. And I said, don't you think it's cool? And they told me it was super cool. Great. Did you ask them about the problem that you were solving without your idea present in the conversation to understand if that was a priority for them? Oh, no, I have the solution. Why would I need to ask about the problem? Right? It's really about understanding that, that the motivation behind solving this with your solution that you really want to uncover? We hear a lot about uh, enablement, um, innovation zones and uh, tech triangles and Silicon Valley and Tel Aviv and Singapore and, uh, and Boston and Raleigh-Durham. Talk to us a little bit about the ecosystem here in Cleveland, the, the, the place, for example, the place and play of the likes of a, of a magnet. Mm. What is there mechanism-wise mechanism in this city that can help 
and it's it's a great question, and a lot of folks who know pieces and parts of it still ask that question, which is tell me more about the ecosystem, which is why I'm, I'm so glad you're asking. Um, to to start with, there are, and I'll, I'll just start with my organization and the and the immediate constellation of organizations around it called the, uh, the ESP or the Entrepreneurial Service Provider Program, um, Jumpstart, which is a, a large uh, entrepreneurial support uh, organization in town. They do a lot of funding and gets money from the third frontier of Ohio to help fund an entrepreneurial support network that includes organizations like Magnet. It also includes organizations like Glide and in Lorraine County. Um, we have uh, Think, or sorry, we have uh, Bounce in Akron, we have Youngstown Business Incubator in, uh, in Youngstown, um, and on and on. A Bright out, uh, in, in Youngstown doing some work with energy. Um, uh, OAI, the Ohio Aerospace Institute, now uh, as you see, they'll, they'll all come back to me. Um, but this, this constellation of organizations sits in this, this collaborative environment where we all try to help folks from different angles. Magnet's specialty is, is in physical product development and manufacturing. Um, Jumpstarts, as I said, is in funding, etc. Beyond that, there are organizations like Case Western Reserve's ThinkBox that offers uh, innovators access to an open makerspace where you can go in and tinker with in, inside one of the world's largest open makerspaces, which is super cool. Um, you've got organizations like UH Ventures that are here to help support folks within specific ecosystems. The clinic has a similar thing, and Progressive has one in Westfield, and et cetera. Those are sort of folks who are, are specifically helping uh, develop ideas within an organization. Right, Smarker is in Goodyear. You got it, all those, the intrapreneurial efforts, yep. if you will. Uh, and then there's folks like the Greater Cleveland Partnership, Chambers, um, that, that sit over all this and help guide and connect and, and collaborate folks. So the, the ecosystem is actually really robust here. It's not always clear what the front door is, and I'm, I'm working with our partners to change that right now, uh, but I can tell you that because there are lots of front doors, the likelihood that if you walk through one, you'll find one of us is pretty good. So, so don't be afraid to knock on one of those doors or give me a call and I'll, and I'll help get you where you need to go. We, we often get asked, Brian and I, you know, what can we read? What podcast can we listen to besides Joe Rogan? Um, how can we think about um, helping us with our ideation? What's out there? What are you reading? What are you listening to, Brandon, that could be helpful to this audience? You know, there are certainly podcasts like yours. I'm going to just, I'll plug it. <laughs> keep, keep, keep listening. Um, and the, the How I Built It podcasts in the world, I think a lot of innovators out there will know those. Um, and so, and, and I, I recommend those. Um, even, even a show like Shark Tank. I, I know I said, I told myself, I'm not going to talk about Shark Tank. Uh, but it actually really does help bring up these kinds of questions we were talking about and give you a live example of, of the sorts of things a funder is going uh, to ask for. So those are really good sort of training mechanisms. But I actually think, uh, and, and this is really, you know, doesn't count as a podcast, but it, because it's all in audio every week, uh, I'll, I'll count it. Go and, and, and get The Economist. Just scan through it every week, and you will be shocked at how often you will run into burning problems and some possible solutions and stories about innovators trying to solve it right. uh, and from a global perspective. And because the, the format that they use is a week-by-week -week basis, they're able to take this kind of digest and break down problems in a way that it's rare that I don't come away knowing something more about innovation, about a problem I'd love to solve, about problems my innovators are trying to solve. 
um, look, I'm not going to plug just one news outlet, yeah. okay? But but th that's an example of a place where you can go and find some really insightful problems that are being discussed in a public forum uh, with some really cool innovators uh, attached to them. And of course, Michael Goldberg, plug for Michael, Professor Michael Goldberg at Case, introduced us many years ago to Startup, the podcast known as Startup, which I think is uh, very interesting listening for anyone who uh, is looking to get into the space. Before we close, Brian, any any final thoughts, questions for Brandon? What's something exciting that you're working on right now? Oh man, it doesn't have to be um, magnet related. Just you said you the know. robot that does the welding. Oh yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're they're off. They're like, off making. But, they're they're making caps. You know, I asked the question because people like you um, have a different perspective, yeah. right? And there's certainly the work that we know that you do at Magnet. There's certainly the work that you do through your education at Case and the Weatherhead School of Business. Um, What's exciting you right now? What are you most excited about? Oh man, you are you are letting me let me off the leash on this one. Um, uh, I'll tell you one. I mean, close close to home and close to what, what you guys are doing. As as we think about how to collaborate with with UH Ventures, I'm really excited about every single thing we, we've been talking about, and and I I, I can't wait to, to see how it, it grows and where we go. Um, and and then I'll go to, to Magnet and broadly the ecosystem. We are working on a huge grant called the Build Back Better Regional Challenge. Um, it could be $75 million of federal funding to support Northeast Ohio's advanced manufacturing innovation system, which is going to include uh, healthcare, and that's really cool. Um, and of course, the the, uh, the the way the teaching that I do and all that, I am I am about to launch a book um, that I am just thrilled about and and really excited uh, to see how that that helps folks uh, continue this this conversation that we've been talking about. Um, I'm gonna stop there before I keep going because I'll get I'll, I'll keep I'll go right right can, off. The can edge we give of the map. A, can we give a shameless plug? To tell, a shameless plug. Tell us about your just what's the title of your book? Okay, it's called the Value Proposition Matrix, okay. uh, and in the next month it will it will be available. But if you follow me on LinkedIn or wherever, you'll you'll see any updates that, that come out about it. Thank Fantastic. you for asking. Yeah, exciting stuff, Brandon. Well, this is uh, always invaluable to us and our listeners. Uh, I want to express appreciation to you for uh, for visiting with us. Uh, a reminder to our UH caregivers, our spring cycle call for ideas will open March 1st. Um, details will be posted on our website, ventures.uhhospitals.org. Thank you for participating. Thank you for listening to the Healthcare Voyages podcast. Follow us on LinkedIn, and uh, we'll keep you up to speed. Catch you next time. Thanks, Brian. Really appreciate Thank it. You guys. It's great.